For God is good. You know that I have some very favorite places in the Bible that I, I believe it speaks so greatly to me. And, and I believe it's going to speak to you, but I, I want to go back today to the, to the Valley of Dry Bones. I want to talk about Ezekiel and how does that relate to us today. You know, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And that means that all Scripture relates in some way or another. And so when I'm reading about an Old Testament battle or I'm reading about God speaking, or I'm reading about uh, Jesus walking uh, on the earth, if I'm reading about the, the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, whatever it is that I'm reading, I know that it has, that is relevant to the life that I'm living right now. And that's something that you need to realize. Whenever you read the Bible, always say, Lord, how does that fit my life now? How can I uh, look at that scripture and say, Lord, uh, how does it relate to me? How does it relate to my surroundings? How does it relate to my thinking? And here we find that Ezekiel is about to uh, be confronted with something he's never been confronted with before. I'm going to tell you, you may be confronted with things in your life that you've never been confronted uh, with before. And, and I want you to know this, that the, in the Word of God, there is the Logos. The Logos is the written Word of God. It can never be changed. It was written upon the prophets and the apostles. It was written by the Holy Spirit, given inspiration to both prophets and, and apostles. And, and Moses and, and, uh, and, and others that, that wrote according as the Holy Spirit uh, gave them unction to write it. But what we have to understand is that it, it's not just uh, uh, leaving it on the page, but it's understanding it and applying it. The Bible said we are kings and priests in Revelation. And as a king, we're supposed to rule over the devil and over the earth through the power of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the word, world. And that's why I speak. But as a priest, and you've heard me say this before, a priest's duty was to apply the sacrifice, to apply uh, uh, as, with an instrument that God had given. I want you to know something. We need to apply the word to our minds, to our hearts, to our body, to every part of us. And so we look here at Ezekiel. Now, we have to realize at this point, Israel is in real trouble. Israel has, has backslidden. It has not served the Lord. Isn't it kind of like our nation today? But you know what? God spoke to Ezekiel. And let's start with verse 1 of chapter 37 of Ezekiel. Let me say that again. Ezekiel 37. And we're going to read about uh, 10 scriptures. And, uh, and that is 37 and 1. It said, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and sat me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. You ever have the spirit of the Lord touch you and set you down to look at the valley in your life? You look at the impossibilities in your life. You say, you know, I could never do that. I, I, I've, just, I've just given up and accepted whatever comes. And I'm going to tell you this right now. 
That's where Ezekiel was. He was in a position where what hope did Israel have? You know, it's backslid. It, it's gone. And, and God came down and said, Ezekiel, I'm going to show you something. And I'm going to teach you something that will be life-altering and life-lasting. And so we find that he, the, the Lord puts his hand upon him. And he carried him out in the Spirit. Oh, we need to be carried out in the Spirit of the Lord. Lord God, you still work in the, in the world today. You said your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, it says here in verse 1, it says, And he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. You know, when I get in the Spirit of the Lord, I want to be set on a mountaintop, don't you? Hey, come on now. You say, I, hey, I, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon me. I want to, woohoo, and, and all of that. But the Spirit sat him down to look at the misery and the impossibilities. And you say, man, I've looked at that enough. I don't want to see that anymore. But God was about to show him something wonderful. And he said, and he caused me to pass by around about. In other words, it's like rubbing your nose in it. I'm on, I, I, want you to, I want you to walk through it. I want you to see. I want you to experience it. And so he, he experiences, and behold, there were very many in the open field. And lo, they were very dry. They were very dry. In other words, what it means is they'd been dead a long time. They weren't fresh kill. I mean, these bones were bleached white in the, in, 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 the, uh, in the sun. There was nothing on them. It was totally bleak. And that's what the Lord, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Is God not speaking to the church today to say, Are you watching the news or are you reading the word? Are you prophesying according to what you uh, uh, experience in this earth? Or are you, or is your mind in the word of the Lord? And I answered, O oh Lord God, thou knowest. I'm going to tell you, God does know everything. Isn't there a time in our life we just got to let God be God? Isn't there a time that we need to stop talking to God and educating God. Remember Gideon, remember, after the last couple of weeks I brought him up. He said, God, you need some education. I mean, isn't that pretty insulting to the one who knows all things? How often we, we resort to that type of, of, of speech, not even realizing it, but sharing with God how bad everything is i've heard people pray and i remember years ago uh, i was at a meeting oh it was over 35 years ago and a woman was praying really loud and i'm going to tell you when she got done praying i knew her uncle was a drunk i i mean she she aired out all her dirty laundry uh, loud enough for everybody to hear it you know something god doesn't need to know that your uncle's a drunk God doesn't need to know that your child is wayward. God doesn't need education. He knows. But what he is saying to us today is, do you believe that these bones will live again? 
And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You know what that's like? You ever taken the time as a parent to teach a child how to do something, and you know they're doing it. And you know you'd rather grab that tool and do it yourself because you could get it done. And they're floundering with it. And you have patience, you know, to teach. That's where God was with Ezekiel. He was saying, Ezekiel, I want to teach you some things. How many know God could have spoken it was done? But you know, he didn't. Why is it God, you, you, we pray, God speak and it will be done. And God said, what are you speaking? What a challenge. What are you speaking? Are you saying I'm dumb? I'll never learn. I'm, I'm always sick. I've always had these problems. My kids never obey. I've got, you know, I was born in the wrong family. Isn't that what, uh, you know, I think we get in? You know, and, and what are we speaking? And that, that's what God was speaking, teaching this prophet. You say, let their life come. Now, I know there are people who believe, well, if God wanted to do it, he would just do it. No, he won't. According to your faith, so be it unto you. We'd love to have, you know, I've had a thing where I could wave a magic wand or we could pray and, and, and ask the Lord to direct us to work out whatever it is that we need to do in our lives. The Bible said, work out your, your salvation. What? With fear and trouble. In other words, with reverence. We need to realize that there is something for me to do. And, and God wants us to be able to speak uh, as we hear from the Lord. And, and that's the truth. So he said, uh, prophesy <coughs> upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. What did he say? Hear the word of the Lord. You know, the Bible said the word of God will not come back to him void, but it would accomplish everything that was set forth to do. Here again is another another lesson for each and every one of us that we can glean from this is that if the Lord says to do something, believe that it will be done. God, you told me in your word that this would be, and I believe it in the name of Jesus, against all possibilities, against every lie, against every figment of my imagination, if, it isn't, if it's contrary to your word, let it be a lie. And he goes on to say, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. You see, you can look at a situation. We can say, well, you know, in our city, things are going this way. Or, you know, nobody wants, ever heard that before? Nobody wants the gospel anymore. And, you know, it's just not the way it is. You see, what you're doing is you're prophesying a negative thought. You're prophesying, and the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you're walking in defeat today, it's because you're speaking something that brings defeat to your own life. We need to say, Lord, let your word be true and let my every thought be a lie. And 
he said, and I will, I will lay sinew upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Amen? You see, sometimes you'll let a nation go to such depths that there's no human or possible way to save it. But see, that's where God gets the glory. When we begin to pray, we begin to put our hand out, we begin to believe. He told Moses to stretch out your staff over that ocean. And he did as God had called him to do. And what happened? The word of the Lord went forth through the obedience. Let me, let me say that again. Through the obedience of Moses. If Moses had have said or rationed in his own head to say what is what is that going to do it's time to begin to run they would have been destroyed by the egyptian armies there's a lot of christians today that that get destroyed by the enemy needlessly the bible says in the last days that men's hearts would fail them they would run out and the Bible said in the last days that many shall depart from the faith. And why is it? It's because they are thinking of a negative or they're looking at what they call reality. But what really is reality? I think that's a challenge in each one of our hearts. What is reality? Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Let me tell you something. They have new, uh, a new program that can put a brand new face on somebody, and you would never know the difference. I mean, you say, well, I see it, I'll believe it. Let me tell you, what they can, they can do all kinds of strange things with video today to where they could make it look like I was robbing a bank. You would see it with your eyes, but it would not be true because they altered or they fixed it. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you say, I'll believe it when I see it, isn't that what Matthew said? Oh, Thomas, I'm sorry. Doubting Thomas. Isn't that what Thomas said? When Thomas said, I'll believe it when I see it. And Jesus comes and said, okay, Thomas, put your finger in my hand, in my side. But the Bible said he fell down and he worshipped him and said, Lord, 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 you are the Lord. But what I want you to understand and realize is that the church has the power in the name of Jesus. You have the power because you are part of the ecclesia. You are a called out of the Lord. And the Bible and, and the Word of God says that you can speak to the mountain and watch it become to be removed. You can say to the sycamore, be, be plucked up and cast into the sea and it shall be done. Now this might sound strange because what Ezekiel was going through was something very strange. Ezekiel understand and he knew that Israel was dead. He says, so I prophesied, verse 7 of, of 37 of Ezekiel, Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Are we speaking as, as we're commanded? 
He said in Hosea, he said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know what that means? They don't know what God has commanded. If we read the Bible, we see what God says. I think of that we said last week about uh, Peter walking on the water. And the Lord says, come, come. And he walked until he looked at the problem that he was walking over. And it consumed him and took him in. You see, the thing that we need to realize is that what are we walking on? The impossibilities by the power of God? Or are we walking according to our own understanding in our own ways? So I prophesied. You see, it takes obedience. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, and the bone to his bone. But let me share something with you. He didn't wait till he heard the noise. You see, a lot of people, you know, that they, they, they want to move up, but they wait until they hear something. Uh, I want you to know something. He obeyed what God had told him to do. What makes Pentecost unique is when people obey the word of the Lord. I told you many years ago, being pulled out of a seat uh, before I ever pastored and brought forth. If it hadn't have been for a person that was obedient to the word of God, we rationalize things. We hear the word say something and we begin to dismiss it because it isn't normal. And I want you to know something. What Ezekiel was facing was not normal. And when I beheld, and lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. I'm going to tell you this right now because it wasn't yet for breath to be in them. But he's watching a progress. In other words, what we have to realize in your life is things don't always happen all at once. We have to say, Lord, sometimes there's a progression to what God wants to do. You know, we think, well, I'll just say one thing and everything will be. No, we need to be in tune with the mind and the word of God. He said, to he that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the ecclesia or to the church. How many know the church is the body of Christ? You see, my hand will move, but it only moves because my brain gave it permission. You see, the essential, when, when the Holy Spirit, through the power, uh, through, through the Father and the Son gives me permission, then I can do it. I can do all things through what? Through Christ that, uh, you know, separates me, strengthens me. So and behold, we see, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath. And he said unto me, prophesy to the wind. Some people say, well, I heard God 30 years ago. I've had people say, well, I got saved 30 years ago. Well, what's God said since? Well, I'm just holding on till Jesus comes. That's not the life that he's called us to. He's called us to a victorious life. He's called us to an overcoming life. He's called us to a time to rule and to reign in our bodies and, 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 and 
around about. He's called us to speak to the devil. The Bible said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. What does that word resistance mean? It doesn't mean ignore him. You can't ignore somebody and resist them. Resistance means that with whatever it takes to keep them, it, it, could, be, it, it could be friction. But it's something where we put our mind to it and we fix our mind upon it. And, you know, there are some people who will tell you, well, you know, we need to ignore the devil. Well, you know, that's what he wants you to do. We'll just ignore him. You know, there's an old song, Shalah, Shalah, whatever will be, will be. There's a lot of Christians that are bought into that philosophy. But it is a bleak and hopeless philosophy. God wants us to rule. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to stand. The Bible said, to he that overcometh will I grant to sit with me, and he will rule with a rod of iron. We used that scripture last week. And what we realize by that is God's not coming for those who are singing shalah, shalah. He's coming for those who have said, Lord, I've been faithful. We can look at the talents. One, one was given one talent, another two, another three, or five, or, or ten. And what we find by that is that the one that had one talent, the reason he only gave him one talent is because he knew there wasn't much there. But he did still expect him to work with that one talent. But yet he did not. You see, when we take what God, the Bible says, he, not all of us are equipped to the same thing. But to be faithful with what we're equipped with. I was watching a couple of, um, of people yesterday that were highly intelligent. And, and I was really enjoying, enjoying the height of their, of their communication. And I said to my wife, I said, you know something? I could be just as intelligent as them if I didn't speak. <laughs> you ever feel that way? In other words, you know, God's given them a mind that might be greater than my mind. But, you know, with everything, there is a responsibility. Where much is given, much is what? Much is required. So we have to say, Lord, the faculties that you've given me, that I would be faithful with them. Lord God, that I would exhaust them for the sake of the kingdom of God. I don't care how intelligent you are. There's somebody more intelligent than you. And, and that's fine. But what you have to understand is be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with where God has placed you. Be at peace with, with the faculties that God has given you. You see, when we are envious... It's because we're not pleased with what the equipment that we're equipped with. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because you don't even realize what God has equipped you with. You begin to look at somebody who can sing well, and, 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 you, may be, and you may envy that. Well, I want you to know something. Be equipped with what God has given you. Be faithful with that. And I will tell you, we had an interview on the radio yesterday with um, a Corey Pennypacker. And uh, it was a great interview. 
And she said, you know, I was a member in the church and I was starting to do things with youth. And I realized that there was more that God wanted me to do. In other words, what it is, is that she was not exhausting the ability that was within her. And so she began to get out. And what happened is that she created a, uh, it's, it's all through the, there's 28 states now that have adopted it. And it's taking children uh, by the constitutional right, educating the school, taking the children out of the school for an hour a day, and teaching them about the Lord Jesus. What a wonderful thing. And she says, I'm going to tell you, you start with three or four, and they hear about the Jonah and the whale and all of that, and they go back and they tell their, their classmates, oh, you wouldn't believe about a, a whale that swallowed a guy and how ignorant so many children are to the truth because it's been hid from them. And so what she's learned is how to organize, instruct, and facilitate in every state that they've been in how this is done and how to do it. Why? Because of the faculty. She's a very well-spoken person. But not all of us are called to, to, to that type of a ministry. And what we need to understand is Ezekiel here is getting the lesson of his life. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew in the flesh, and that was in verse 8. In verse 9 he said, and he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. And breathe upon the slain, and they that they may live. Now, let me tell you something about wind. The wind, the word wind in the Greek is the word pneuma. It is the word for the spirit. And when he said to the wind from the force, you come. How many know we need? We can invite the Holy Spirit to come in, and that life would come uh, to those that are before us. And and he said, prophesy. To the winds. And, and, and the word prophesy is merely the word to speak. Speak to the winds. The four winds. And let them come. And let them bring, bring breath unto these bodies. And he goes on. He said, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came unto them. And they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. What a wonderful story that is. Now, I had a, a message, and I had a lot of points here that I worked on. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like this morning that God is saying, just let that lay uh, for this week at least. And to just look at the scripture. How many of the scripture has life? The scripture has truth and the scripture has meaning. Maybe you're out there on Facebook or maybe you're on YouTube or, or here and you're saying, you know, I'm just sick and tired of the meager rations. Well, that's wonderful. You've got to get mad at the devil. You know, as long, long as you're happy in your, in your physical brokenness or in your spiritual brokenness, you're not going to get angry enough to, to stand up and to speak. And that's the thing that we need to do. We need to get sick of it. 
We just say, no, I'm just tired of this. And I'm going to begin to speak as God has given me authority. I speak against that addiction. I speak against that. I am just sick and tired of it. You know, this, you know one thing I've always said to people, if you like it, you'll, you'll never be delivered from it. You have to come to a place in your life where you get angry at it. The Bible says, and you say, what do you mean angry? The Bible said, be angry, but sin not. Anger is an emotion. There's nothing wrong with anger. It's just when you go kick somebody because you're angry. Now that, that is contrary to the Word of God. But we ought to kick the devil. We ought, we ought to kick the, the addiction. We ought to begin to speak against that thing for years that has tormented us and say, Lord, I'm going to be like Ezekiel. I'm going to not only hear, but I'm going to obey. And we say, well, you know, I've never heard the audible voice. Let me tell you, Ezekiel didn't have the scripture that you have. We've got the scripture. And the Bible said all scripture is profitable. All of it. Which means that when I take this, the Bible said the letter killeth, but the spirit makes it alive. Let me tell you, as long as that word lays on that page, until I read it and I speak it, until I obey it through my words, it just lays there. And that's what Ezekiel had to learn. Let me teach you how to be a prophet. Let me teach you how to move the hand of God. As that is, he said, you have not because you ask not or you ask in your lust rather than in the spirit. That's paraphrasing. But it's true. So we ask the Lord, Father... I believe your word. I believe that it is true. I stand upon it in the name of Jesus. I stand in victory through the power of Christ. I proclaim my loved ones to be saved. I come against every demon spirit, Lord God, that comes against my children. You see, that's the Pentecostal prayer. It's not shalah, shalah, whatever will be, will be. It's not, well, you know, God wound it up and he left it there. What God is saying to us is, are we willing to learn to speak to our difficulty through the power of God and through the truth that is in us? Are we willing to do that? Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, though the piano breaks, the word never breaks. It's always plentiful, and it's always ready. I love his word. Thank you, Lord.